buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to the Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got Mikey Hinninger. He is the director of growth over at Excelity. And as always, we're going to talk about sales, sales, and more sales. And we're going to try to keep it as tactical as possible so that you can walk away and feel like you learned something today to up your sales game. Mikey, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Colin, what's up, man? It's really good to uh, and How have you been? Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, excited to dig in and learn, you know, how you got into sales and then uh, just kind of talk about some of your ideas around sales and, and building relationships. I know you do things a little bit differently and you put out some content that kind of caught my eye and I said, I got to get them on the show. Cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Where, uh, where do you want to, where do you want to begin with this thing? Yeah. So give us the short version. How did you get into sales? Why did you get into sales? You know, <laughs> give us the cliff notes. Yeah. Version. Man, how did I get into sales and why did I get into sales? So complete accident. That's the that's the God's honest answer. So surprise, surprise, uh, my first, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, my first gig out of college was actually I was hired as a content writer, which was kind of my plan all along. I wanted to. I grew up wanting to be a sports writer, as you can see in my background. I'm a big sports nerd, sports geek over here. Uh, turns out writing about 401ks and insurance is nowhere near as exciting. Uh, as writing about sports is. So I quickly realized content writing is not the thing. Um, I kind of accidentally fell into uh, sales because I was looking for anything else to do. And like, I knew I was competitive. My sister had been in sales for a long time and always talked up earnings potential and, and how she loved it. So I was like, and to be completely honest with you, dude, I, uh, I actually was kind of, turned off to the idea of sales early on because I I always had this image in my head of that like greasy, dirty, like dishonest type of sales guy. And I kind of like went into it reluctant and I'm glad I did because uh, I, I it's definitely my calling and, and life's been, uh, hasn't been the same ever since. Mm, okay. So that's a, that's a very common um, idea of, of what you're, you know, people like to say used car salesman or whatever the case is, mm. right? They think of sales is a dirty word or, you know, sales is someone yep. who lies and manipulates and tricks people into doing things. And that is the case with some people. Um, and, and sometimes people have got, had some sort of experience that makes them think about that, which they have that reluctant reluctance to get into sales. And, you know, very typical story is people, you know, fallback plan, got into sales, 
something that they wanted to do wasn't what they thought it was, similar to your story, then they got into sales. And so what made you stick with it? Like, you know, if that was your idea and you reluctantly got into it, um, did you find out that it wasn't what you thought it was? No, uh, yeah, that, I think that's a really good way to put it. So, and I think you're absolutely right, man. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, there are a lot of salespeople out there that give it that give it that warranted, you know, definition and description of what sales is like. So much to the point where I literally uh, approached our founder and CEO recently, uh, Jackie Hermes, about changing my title from director of sales to director of growth, which is obviously a much more like fluffy way of, of saying it, but I think just that word sales gives people this kind of gross feeling a lot of times, so I'm right there with you, but yeah, man, once I got into it, I, it definitely wasn't anything at all um, what I thought it was, and I think a big part of that, too, might be the B2B space versus the B2C space, um, right, because you're not, you're not necessarily taking money out of people's wallets, you're actually working with a company's bank account, so it might shift that mindset a little bit, but uh, to me, I mean, what kept me in it was, um, I mean, just to put it bluntly, I, I realized that I was good at it. So I started out in a very BDR inside sales role, right? 80 cold calls a day. Um, I went through a pretty extensive training program. And when I came out of it, I was fired up. I was ready to pound the phones. And I, you know, I found some pretty immediate success, which was great. And as you know, in sales, if you're successful and you're doing your job, well, you know, that starts to pay the bills and then some. So it, it just, um, you know, the money is obviously one thing, but also just the competition portion of it and knowing that you're doing something that you're you're particularly good at. It's the sort of thing that kind of keeps you around, at least in my experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of great salespeople are very competitive people by nature, which is why I think they love, you know, being in sales so much. Um, what are some things that you learned early on in that, that, that role um, that still stick with you today? <clears throat> Oh, man. Um, great question. So number one for me, and I'll, I'll pound the table on this all day, getting away from scripts. That was my biggest downfall, my biggest light bulb moment in my entire sales career to this day. Like this was back in 2012. And I was, I'm one of these guys, so I'm a pretty chronic like overthinker. Like I, I overthink pretty much everything. Um, and I came out of, we call it boot camp where I did my sales training at. And I came out of boot camp, and I was like, okay, I have my scripts where if they say X, Y, Z, I'm going one, two, three. Problem is, when you get thrown off of that script and you're an overthinker, you go into, like, panic mode. You're like, this isn't on the script. This isn't, you know, what to do. Uh, so for me, though, I had this one light bulb moment, this one moment of realization where somebody completely threw me from my script, and I had no idea what to do. I felt myself getting just, like, hot and warm because I'm, like, I'm starting to panic a little bit. I literally, Colin... I took a deep breath. I like pulled back, pulled away from the table a little bit, and I, I literally just kind of like put my head down in my lap like this, and just said, just kind of like out loud to myself, I said, "You trust, like trust yourself. You know the answers to this. You've done the training. You know what this is." And it just from there it became a conversation. It was me asking questions, answering questions, positioning our product in a way that made sense for them. And ever since then. To this day, regardless if I'm putting together a proposal, if I'm putting together a sales presentation, I don't want it to be scripted. I go into a sales call, I won't say not prepared, I'm of course prepared, but I don't necessarily have a, okay, here's five things that we have to walk through in this meeting. I want it to be very much a consultation, very much a conversation. So 
getting away from from scripts and just having more of like a loosely bulleted plan is a is a big thing for me all right that's that's interesting um something that i like that you said that stood out to me um and listen up sales hustlers is asking questions right so so you you talked about how you so you talked about how you had that moment where somebody threw you off and there's no script for that now what um and you kind Mm -hmm. of collected yourself and then started asking some good questions and see a script is for me I, i think scripts are important um but they're a guide right and you can call it whatever you want script bullet points agenda whatever whatever works for you right and everybody's different and i'm not one of those people that thinks like hey it's got to be done this way right like the script is a bit of a guide but if you only rely on the script you're not going to be successful um and you know when you're first getting started a script is very helpful but what's going to really make a big difference is knowing your product knowing your service knowing your value knowing what problems that you solve right so that you can be curious enough to ask the right questions to lead the conversation in a more collaborative way, like you mentioned, um, to get to whatever that desired result is. Yep, right there with you, man. Uh, and that's a that's a big piece of it, Colin. Too is like trusting yourself and knowing the things that you need to know. If you've done the work, you've done the research, you know your product, you know your company, your differentiators, what you're good at, what you're not. You know what problems you solve, so you know what questions to ask or why to ask those questions. So it's just a matter of, for me at least, it was a matter of trusting myself and not like following a piece of paper, but just following what I intuitively knew to be true about, okay, these are the problems that they're trying to solve. These are reasons that they're asking me whatever questions that they're asking. Can I turn that around and ask them a question? Yeah, man, absolutely. It's, it's taking what you learned, and I think what you said is true, right? Having a script and having a starting place is great, especially as you're starting a new spot. But at some point, you start trusting yourself and knowing, okay, I need to start weaving my knowledge into this script as the conversation as the conversation goes, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the thing is, is knowing the right questions to ask, right? Because a prospect can tell if you're totally following a script or if you're you know, throwing up a message that marketing has said, you know, your platform or, you know, your sales team has says, Hey, here's the script that we follow. Here's what we say. Here's the awards that we want. Here's the features that you have. Here's why we're the best. If you're just throwing all that crap at people, they know that. Right. But if you actually care and you're asking questions to try to help them and have more of a collaborative conversation, that's totally different than what they're used to. A hundred percent. And a big part of that, too, at least in my experience, Colin, is clarifying questions, right? Like, um, you know, when they there's times where a prospect might be asking you a question or they might be saying something that's important to them or saying something that they're looking for. And a lot of times they don't necessarily know what they're looking for or what the problem is. So asking those clarifying questions that shows, A, you know your stuff, but B, you actually care about the things that they're saying. It shows that you're listening. And the other part of it, too, is that you're getting a better explanation of what they're searching for so i'll give you a quick example of what what i mean when i'm saying that we work in a marketing firm uh and a lot of the companies that we so we sell to like b2b SaaS companies right and a lot of times they get on the phone and it's the ceo or it's the founder or it's not necessarily a marketing person and they get on and they're asking saying things like we need more leads 
And that that's a very that's actually a very broad state. Like, what does that mean to you? What is a lead? Is that a website visitor? Is that somebody who comes to the website and clicks request a consultation, request a demo? Like, what exactly does lead mean to you? So asking those clarifying questions shows that hey, you're you're there to help them. You're not there to sell or read a script or give the pitch you were told to pitch. You're you're there to help them solve their problems, which is the entire point of sales, right? Being that consultant um, and positioning your product as it makes sense. Yeah. And I even, I'm even a fan of even challenging what they say too, because it shows that you actually care to give them your honest opinion. So what that looks mm -hmm. like is, like you said, you know, a very broad statement is, okay, we need more leads. Okay. Do you need more need leads or do you need more revenue? And maybe you don't need more leads, but maybe you need more of the right leads or you need more qualified leads or leads that have higher value like what is the goal and what is really right for you to get there and it may not always be you don't want to just be a yes man and agree with everything that they say and tell them what you think they want to hear because they're going to see right through that yep totally i think a big part of that too colin to your point is um doing it in a, in a tactful way and this that's actually something that i struggled with in the early part of my career was challenging right i want to be the nice guy i don't want to be pushy i don't want to challenge it was a very difficult thing for me to do um one of my former uh bosses he's currently like a he's still a good friend he's still a mentor of mine but he, he actually worked really hard with me on figuring out a good way to like challenge in a way that suits my personality so for me it's like challenging is a big part of it but how can i do it in a way that's not over threatening it's not pushy it's not trying to like threaten everything that they've been doing for the last 20 30 years so i i try and use my personality uh i'm i'm typically and genuinely very like goofy i make fun of myself a lot that's just kind of part of my game so when i'm pushing when i'm pushing somebody i i might actually say something like hey you know i meet with 15 to 20 b2b SaaS companies every single week and a lot of them tell me this sometimes they mean the other thing and i'm not saying this is you maybe it's not what do i know i'm not running a successful business like you are but i'm just curious you know like you said colin is it do you that you need more leads or is it that you need better quality leads like what to fill me in on what you're thinking is there so yeah pushing back is a big part of it and i think there's a lot of sales reps out there or or at least sales reps that are trying to get started and that's a very uncomfortable part of their game it was for me so finding a way to to do so in a way that's not only tactful, but it actually still suits your personality and you're not coming off as unthreatening. And I think it's totally okay to be uh, over the top or, or a little bit aggressive, if you will. But if that's not your personality, there's ways to do it without being that person that you're not comfortable being, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Mikey. I mean, I think that having tact is definitely important. It's kind of like, you know, having good bedside manner right <laughs> like like you gotta yeah, right. you gotta you gotta deliver you gotta know your audience who are you speaking to what's their personality what sort of tone are they you know giving what sort of body language right so you got to know who you're speaking to and be able to deliver that that challenge or maybe that you know little bit of confrontation you know about you know, kind of challenging what they're saying in a way that you feel that they're going to receive it well but also i like how you kind of explain where you, you brought your personality into it and delivered it in a way where you still kind of op op like opened it and asked another question, right? So not just saying like, hey, you're wrong and this and I'm right, right? But having more of a collaborative conversation, giving your feedback and then following it up with a question to allow them to then, you know, put their opinion. And this is a huge way to build trust and rapport early on because it's a much more collaborative 
uh, type of conversation where you guys are in this together to try to figure out what's the best thing to move forward and not just me telling you everything that you want to hear that's on my script to get you to sign the paper. A hundred percent, Colin. A big, a big part of my game is basically uh, my sales pitches, if you will, isn't necessarily me pitching. It's me telling them what other companies in their scenario have told me and what I've learned from them, right? So I start a lot of sentences with, hey, maybe this is you, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but the other 15 SaaS companies that I met with this month told me XYZ, and they want to be doing XYZ. And, and I do, like you said, I want to put that into a question and get them talking where I say, what's been your experience? Or does that resonate with you? Or do I have the wrong idea about what it is that you're telling me? Um, I, I don't want them to think, I, in some ways I feel like I go out of my way to make sure that what I'm saying to them, they're not on the other end of the phone thinking, yeah, this is this guy's trying to sell me, so of course he's saying everything I want to hear. I want them thinking, oh, that other SaaS company that sounds just like me said this, that's actually where my head is at, we should talk a little bit about this. So it's, I'm, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's a way of, of putting it in perspective that they understand because they know there's other companies out there like them. It's not me trying to, to push my product down their throat, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, so, and in, in obviously, <clears throat> when you're having these type of conversations, um, something that I like to talk about and, and, and mention and as well is, like, you got to take really good notes on all this stuff, right? If you're, if you're meeting with 15, you know, 20, you know, SaaS companies a week, it's really hard to remember who said what about what. Um, so taking good notes and, and, and really logging all of this stuff and, and following a process is going to frame – every conversation that happens after that initial conversation 100 yeah i mean you you said it better than i can colin so i'm a big big believer in that so we use hubspot as our crm um literally pinned to the top of every single hubspot record of everybody that i've come in contact is just bullet points that all go all the way top to bottom and one thing that we've actually started doing in our sales presentations is in our previous one, two, three calls, however many before we get to the presentation stage, uh, I will literally write down what a prospect says to me verbatim, like word for word in quotations. They said X, Y, Z. And in our sales presentation, I will pull up a slide that says, you told us in quotes and put their words right on front of them. I literally just had a prospect the other day that said, We've been doing our own marketing. We're not marketing people. We suck at it. So I literally on their slide said, we're not marketing people. We suck at it. So it's like if you can use, I don't want to say use their own words against them, but it shows, A, you're listening, but B, like, hey, you did say this. This is what you said. Now, you know, it's really easy for me to go through the rest of the that portion of the presentation and say, you told us this. Here's how we'll fix it. And then we usually finish that portion of the presentation with a story of how we've done it for a similar company just like them. Oh, I and love notes, that. I love to that. your points, taking good notes is what, what makes that whole thing sing. But that's like whole nother next level stuff, actually literally taking their word for word, putting it in quotes on your sales presentation. I don't think I've, I've seen or heard of that before. So sales hustlers, if you're listening, write that one down 
and, and, and try it uh, because I think that it can be extremely powerful because I'm a big fan as we take, we take our notes through our discovery process, right? And then you want to validate everything that they said because sometimes as a salesperson, they might say one thing and you hear another thing. And then by the time it actually gets into your notes, it's a little bit different. <laughs> so validating yep. what you have in your notes and getting their confirmation before moving forward and setting next steps or expectations. Um, and, and then, you know, people talk about rebuttals or, you know, deals go stale or deals go cold. And if you did a good job in the beginning, you were curious and you asked all the right questions and you took the notes, you should have everything that you need right there to remind them of why you've been having this conversation or why they've, you know, been engaged with you at this point. Um, but I like the idea of literally taking the things that you said or the most important things that they said that are going to help remind them of why they need your help or why you're the right fit to help them and, and literally just throwing it out there. And it shows that you actually cared enough to take good notes and pay attention. Yeah, and another big part of that, too, is not just the presentation but the follow-up, right? If, you're, if you have a week, two weeks, three weeks between conversations and you need to you know, keep it warm, you can go back through your notes and say, oh, yeah, they told me this which matches perfectly with an article or a blog that we wrote or some piece of content that we created that we can send to them and try and keep everything warm. And the email itself is easy. Hey, in our last conversation, you mentioned X, Y, Z. By the way, here's a blog that we wrote that addresses this very thing. Hope it's helpful. Looking forward to talking to you guys in two weeks. Um, yeah, it, it, it just in our experience, Colin, it, it makes a lot of sense if you can put their words right back in front of their faces, uh, especially and if they say something that's like, weird or goofy or quirky or unique that you can put back in front of their face use that like we had one uh prospect um that used to use and i don't know i don't know if we're supposed to be swearing here but uh so i'll i'll, I'll say go for, go for it, it. He, he, he he was talking about like tracking right you, if you go to uh some store and then you head over to facebook and how it follows you over there he's like we want to be doing the sneaky shit we want to do the sneaky shit and follow people around in our presentation, we said, you told us you want to be doing the sneaky shit. Here's how we do the sneaky shit, all that. So, yeah, if you can get them saying things that are quirky and clearly stand out and you put that back in front of their face, it, it goes a long way more often than not. Yeah, yeah, and it's, 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 it's referred to as mirroring, right? So you're mirroring what they say, but you're being really bold and, and, and yep. about it. Um, and, and I think I really I really think that that's a great idea. Anybody who's not doing that should should try it. Um, so now tell me um, when you are you know working with with prospects um, throughout different stages of the sales process, are you guys using video at any point? Oh yeah, Vidyard um, is usually what we're using. Um, but I've actually so you mentioned bold just a minute ago. I've actually started getting quite creepy to be honest, uh, with my video. So I've been dropping video messages in DMs on LinkedIn. And to get even creepier, I've been sending video text messages to my prospects as well. Instead of email, instead of typing, all that, I'll literally just, you know, grab my phone, flip on the camera, and I'll, I'll record my 30-minute message, and I'll send it to them in a text message. Um, I recognize that that might be creepy, and going back to what we were talking about not too long ago, like trying to use my personality and, and just, I'm a big believer in transparency and calling attention to things, even if it's uncomfortable. So I'll literally say in my text message or I'll say in my video, like, Hey, I recognize that this is creepy, but 
you know, most, you know, video is kind of the way to go or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah video is a big part of it. Um, yeah. Vidyard itself is a great tool if people are using it. Um, I have no evidence to support this, but I, I always had this hunch that sometimes maybe video might, like, get caught in people's spam. So I've kind of gone away from putting it into email a little bit more and started focusing more on, like, LinkedIn direct messages and, and straight to text messages, as weird as that is. Yeah, uh, I like to use video on all those channels as well, uh, including email. Um, but, you know, and, and I try to, if you have a point that you're trying to make, or, I, you know, I'm a believer, you know, I tell folks that on my team, you know, if, if the email is more than a couple sentences, just write it out. That's your script. Record a video, then delete the message and send it off. Uh. Totally, man. I, I couldn't agree more. If the, in 2021, everybody's impatient, right? You open it up an email and you see it's like three blocks of paragraphs. You're like, uh, no, I have 30 other emails to get to. I'll, I'll either delete that or I'll get to it later, which nobody gets to it later. Right. Absolutely. All right, Mikey, thanks for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Uh, before I let you go, why don't you tell folks where they can connect with you or anything that you have for them? Oh, man. Yeah, man. Um, would love to connect with anybody. So, yeah, I'm right on LinkedIn, Excelity Mark, or, uh, Mikey Henninger I'm with Excelity Marketing. Um, other than that, if you want, I'm having a lot of fun over at Twitter at Mikey, but that's a very fantasy football plug because I have a fantasy football website. But, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. I think I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn, which is where I know most of us uh, most of us spend our time. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming on today. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.